What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? How's everyone doing? I'm swell. <laughs> doing great over here. <laughs> Bunch doing of legends. Good? Bunch of Wait, legends who? we're surrounded with. Who is that? Is there a new face? What? You mean below me? Right here? Yeah, who that, is that? Hi. <laughs> that is our fourth host, my girlfriend, and just overall amazing human being, Hannah. Nexus was here. Can you give us an introduction? Hi, I am Nexus. My real name's Hannah. Uh, hi. Hello. <laughs> I do things. <laughs> things happen around here. Yeah. That's about it. I think it uh, would be worthwhile to reintroduce ourselves, given that it's the only only the second episode. Yeah, what I feel think? like that'd be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I'll go first, because I brought it up. Um, I'm Enigmatic Star. Y'all can call me Jake. Um, I'm a supreme gamer overlord. I rule 600 real people in real life on my estate. Um, and I lie about how many people I rule over. <laughs> uh, I stream Overwatch um, when I feel like it. <laughs> and um, I like to write and take photos. What about you, Luigi? Yes, I was hoping you would pick me next because uh, it follows the format of uh, Magic. So, next person up. Um, yeah, my name is Luigi. My gaming alias is Synapse. Uh, I am mainly a Halo player. You will see me playing Halo 3 and probably yelling at my teammates. Uh, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all in good fun. Um, I really enjoy doing graphic design work. That's my profession. Um, I also like to play Magic, as I was stating at the beginning of this. Um, yeah, that's basically all I really like to do gaming-wise currently. Uh, I do like to bounce back with older games. Uh, as you can probably see my background, GameCube, Pokemon, mostly Yu-Gi-Oh! here. And uh, I will pass it on to Nexus. Oh, wait, no. We Kenny. will go to Kenny. <laughs> that's right, because Nexus introduced herself. Thank you, guys. So my name is Kenny or Myth. This is my channel that we host this on. Um, Twitch.tv slash Mythros. If you guys want to watch live on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I'm a variety streamer. I'm a meme. I do like just dance. I play Cuisine Royale, which I'm partnered with. Um, I kind of just do anything on the channel. I like magic as well. I grew up with Synapse or Luigi and Enigmatic or Jake. So we've known each other for a long time. Uh, what about Too you? Hannah, too, too long, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said before, my name is Hannah. I mainly go by Nexus or Nexi. I am a future Animal Crossing New Horizons streamer. <laughs> uh, and I, too, am a huge fan of magic. I have my whole collection right here to the side. And, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and these guys are all, like, like they said, they're all streamers. They're all fantastic people. There's some shout-outs going on in my chat right now on Twitch. Uh, check them out if you guys haven't already. Follow their social medias. They should be pretty easy to find. I have everything attached, but... But yeah, guys. So what are we what are we talking about this week? What are we what are we doing? What have we seen? I feel like I know you guys so well after that introduction. I, know I feel you. like we're friends. We're best friends now. It's it's possible. I mean, you never know. <laughs> Anyways, awesome. I heard through the grapevine that Luigi wanted to share with us some some special ideas. Oh yeah, we we have a pretty uh, controversial topic. Kind of going off a little bit uh, what I talked about uh, last week. Um, it's, it's just continuing on with uh, games playability and uh, what really makes people want to come back uh, v visiting a game that's already been released or uh, just even playing it for the first time. Again, some people like to uh, go back and uh, revisit those. Um, so I want to break it down into a few little segments here. Uh, usually people will go back and play a game strictly for its plot, uh, me included. Uh, one good series of that is uh the jack and daxter series if anybody's ever heard of that Ooh. uh crash bandicoot spyro and those those two games right there crash bandicoot and spyro those gotten remasters right yeah uh, so basically people are trying to get that uh, revisit those um those moments in their childhood right what, what about what about you guys uh what's like uh a remaster recently that you guys have said oh my god i'm, I'm gonna play that and play through it and so uh, I'm, I'm noticing a theme with your games and they they seem to be like older games Yes. Like um I'd say like late PS1, early PS2 generation. Um exactly. 
I think I agree with you that that era of games is just so much easier to just run back to. It is. Um, I I personally have a problem when I play games, and I like to get so much value out of a single playthrough, mm-hmm. and then I will never go back and replay it. <laughs> I have that I, like, same don't problem. replay games, <laughs> uh, especially nowadays. I, when I was a kid, I I think the game I probably replayed the most. Mm-hmm. was the legend of zelda minish cap stop you, you oh could zip through that God. game in like two days wait can you played it dude every single one of those games honest to god i have <laughs> gone back and played wind waker so many times or like ocarina of time it's 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 actually crack <laughs> like you <laughs> oh, keep yeah. running back to it dude it's so addicting <laughs> and, and like of that series specifically my personal favorite to go back to because it's probably the most difficult is majora's mask because oh, yeah. it's so hard to like and you're literally constantly going back so majora's mask is an interesting one um because i feel like the sequence of events is repetitive anyways mm-hmm. so going back and replaying it doesn't really change the gameplay loop yeah um, that's a game i actually did not play until the remaster came out and even then it took me like a year to pick it up and that's also a really good point that both you brought up uh nexus and uh star is that uh, when the game is so difficult, right? Um, and you, ca- you want to go back and you want, kind of want to experience that difficulty, right? And like you said, it you can go through a little bit of a different process every time you play it. And nowadays with games, I feel like they are they they like kind of force you to play the game how the developer really wanted you to play the game, and they don't really add too much on that. They'll just probably throw in a few DLCs, and it's basically like the same exact formula. And I feel like all these game companies are really just copy pasting. I'm not necessarily going to say, you know, every single game out there is like that, but I think you guys can can agree with me on that, right? It's, it's kind of like a similar formula each time. I, I agree. But- yeah. I I think that, like, a lot of games nowadays, especially heavily story-based games, are developed to be almost played like a movie. Like, mm. you're supposed to go on this linear path, but I still don't necessarily t- think that that takes away from any of that replayability because is there really any issue unless it's a bad movie re-watching movies like think, it, um, you still have that replayability but. i think that's a good point um but it just from my perspective as the type of gamer i am i'm also not the type of person to re-watch movies hmm. so that's when fair. i when i like watch a movie i like to think on it so much and i'm, I'm super detail oriented so <clears throat> there's a lot of times where i'll be looking for details constantly in the first first run through of a game or a movie and then i'll be so exhausted and i won't want to do it again because i saw everything i'm such a completionist i like i'm one and done but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it you know it's kind of the same way i am like um i won't rewatch movies unless they're like scott pilgrim i've rewatched way too many times to count star wars but like that's all i can think of like i won't go back i'll look at the details through these movies and then i'll just kind of be done with them also, one thing I wanted to add to Hannah's thing is I know you're talking about like replayability in these new games. Dying Light 2. I'm just going to smack that on the table. Because anything you do in the game can change the course of the game. And even the devs said there is no single playthrough that is going to be the same as another one. So, Ooh, I mean, I think, I think so, there's um, cool things to could... look at there. If you could brush me up and the people in chat are unfamiliar, what is what is the kind of system we're thinking we're, we're talking about here? Is it like a branching story or what exactly? It's it's a branching story into like a hundred different mini stories, if that makes any sense. If anybody doesn't know, Dying Light is um that like zombie parkour game, the world's taken over by zombies, but you're just this dude who only uses like melee weapons. Sometimes you get a weapon, like a gun. Um but it's like just all parkour based, all like mobility based. Some of the some of the zombies can chase you. It adds to the story. Um, but going back to my main point, there's like there's a main storyline to it, but there's mini quests that change the main storyline as Ooh. you do them. It's Ooh. really intricate. So that reminds me of it, some games I've done that. It, it changes every single choice that you make will not only change the story, it completely changes the environment surrounding you. Yeah. Like, there's one that they even uh, focus on a lot when they were even presenting the game initially, that you are... Water is a very precious um, 
material, I guess, in in the world of Dying Light. And so you can either make a trade and work with the people who are like hoarding the water, but because of that, everything around you kind of dies out or you can kill them basically take it and use it for the better of everything and all the agriculture and the entire area surrounding you will start to bloom and become green so there's thousands of different choices that can change your experience your whole experience so i want i want to preface this by saying like you guys know me and chat may not know me so well but i'm a skeptic at heart so when i hear someone promising the world i'm gonna immediately poke holes and say what about this what about that so how many times so far throughout gaming history have we been promised such a true sandbox as that i mean we can even go back to like the original fable where we were promised quite a quite a similar (laughs) uh, effect in the game in the world around you that we really did not see i mean it was there but it was just the skeleton of such an idea and that's that's an extreme example because you guys know uh so Fable like famously had a spokesperson, the CEO of Lionhead, I believe, uh, Peter Molyneux, who would always overpromise. Oh, so yeah. that's the extreme example. Uh, I I'm, am a fan of the Dying Light devs. I really enjoyed the first game. It's really excellent, a well-crafted experience. But at the end of the day, when they're telling you about this game coming up in the systems, it's, it's marketing, right? They had a meeting when they talked mm-hmm. about what they were going to say about the game. Um, so how much of this promise is going to live up to the hype and how much of it is going to detract from the actual story because when you have a story that's so open you can't really craft a good narrative mm-hmm. it can oh, get a little always. jumbled yeah no i agree because like at so some you, point what are you guys saying? it's like at some point um based off of what you're saying is like the story can become so jumbled like get so disorganized with all these like promises and all these additional things that are being added in that the game almost doesn't make sense. Is mm-hmm. what you're trying to say, essentially? Um, more or less. I'm, I'm thinking more of line with the Telltale games. Uh, the Telltale games are very famous for their marketing, saying that they're very open experiences. But at the end of the day, the main story has to be one narrative. And they're not going to let you change it super drastically. So say you get a choice between saving one character's life versus another. Whichever character you save is going to take the same actions. Mm. Just because it's going to affect the story that way. It's just going to be a different voice actor. Because they want to also tell a compelling story. And it makes it uh, so much more difficult. I'd say exponentially more difficult when you're trying to uh, account for other scenarios. Mm. Rather than craft around a few i so, believe uh breath of the wild uh does that really well right i, I played it but uh, i'm gonna firmly say no uh no. breath of the wild was so open and it was incredibly open gameplay uh, but they the reason that they could do that is because the story was extremely bare bones so they yeah. chose one or the other and they chose not to compromise what i'm hearing here and i don't know much about the game is that dying light is trying to do both yeah. Do you guys think that is yeah. realistic? Do you guys right. think that in 2020 that can be achieved? I think it can be achieved, but I think it has to be well thought out. Like, I think there's a lot more to it than just being like, oh, we're going to have our game have a million different storylines and it's open world. Boom, set it on the table. Let's put it in production. Like, yeah. they have to think things through. They need to take the time to make this game what we want. Or it's essentially just going to be nothing. It's like you can't make, like, Skyrim so heavily story based because there's so much that can go on in that too right uh kenny in particular i do think that there is a good point that it needs to be well thought out but i I think we need to also make the point that uh planning that out and thinking that out costs money a lot yeah (laughs) and they're gonna expect a certain return on investment and if they advertise the game this way they're still not gonna reach every audience they're not gonna get more than they would have uh, if it was a stellar game in general, you know, uh, they can craft a really fun experience. But we're talking like more than like a GTA 5 budget if we want to have 
which is ridiculous. Um, a million different stories to tell you know it's mm -hmm. it's gonna get expensive hiring obviously the writers having all the meetings keeping people in office like the time it takes for production so the it's acting, there's a lot to it yeah the acting especially the assets voice yeah. actors all that they, they have to animate everything too uh, that just it just sounds like an incredible amount of work so i when i hear just about something like that it raises like a million little alarms in my head the little skeptic in me the little hamster on the wheel is going <laughs> wait no that's not gonna happen <laughs> it's yeah i feel like too like at the same point at the same time like with all those alerts coming up we've also just been promised so many times like you said and have had so many games fall down on us we're just like we're not expecting it. We can be like, okay, something's gonna happen. That's like, a fair point for sure. So it's it's definitely rough. I I applaud them for trying, but at the end of the day, I don't get my hopes up for. Right, so like so that. you're a skeptic now too. <laughs> I mean, I've been a skeptic. Did I convert you? <laughs> no, That's I'm fine. <laughs> I, do, I do think we're getting a little off off this like initial topic though, going down rabbit holes about these games. But the the true the true question is like. Will those games that have those million opportunities or million different like outcomes and opportunities that you can choose, how is their replayability? Like that, I think that's the biggest question we still need to so, that's very like true. ask. Yeah. So like besides the replayability coming from like a story, um, I mean not every single game has a multiplayer. So I'm not sure if you guys want to head straight to uh, like multiplayer games and uh, things that. Uh, game companies uh, try to innovate into their games, or are we talking mostly like something uh, something a bit different here? Let's let's keep the topic single player for now, and then we can jump into multiplayer because I definitely think multiplayer replayability is a like entirely different field yeah. than single oh, player. Oh yeah, all together. <laughs> I don't touch so, any of my single player games after I finish them, but like multiplayer, I'll jump back occasionally. I I on the other hand am completely different. Uh, if a game really drags me in the first time, I am 100% willing to go back and play it. Like, even Skyrim. if it's the... <laughs> okay, Skyrim's a different story because it's very open world and I can choose many different options of the type of life I want to live. Mm -hmm. But even... And, and I'm going to bring up a very recent game, a game that came out at the beginning, I believe it was March or May of 2019, uh, Plague Tale Innocent. It, I don't know if any of you guys played that, but it was a heavily story-based game i probably beat it in around like 13 to 15 hours and i still went back even though it was like one of the most linear plot lines mm -hmm. i still went back and replayed it because it was something that really dragged me in and i wanted to experience it and see if there were any small details that i missed the initial time so yeah. for me and I, i'm also the type of person that loves re-watching movies like however mm -hmm. many times over because there's always going to be some detail that I miss. Was hmm. it a detail in the lore, or was it a, a different type of detail? Any um, any type of detail, whether it be something like a, a single line of dialogue, or a single little like piece of architecture, or something that is significant in the plot. Like even right. if you know the ending, what mm -hmm. it is, you can go back and you can be like, "That's what that meant." Easter yeah. eggs too. Okay, Easter eggs and movies um, and games. Those kind of details are are really pertinent in games that have a twist, mm -hmm. especially. Um, yeah. But I think uh, there's there's so many talks about creating replayability in games, meaning creating new fresh experiences. But I think I agree with you here that the games that I've probably replayed the most in my life are the ones that are the most linear. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I simply enjoyed it. And the ones that I didn't are the ones that try to create that replayability where I'm going in and I'm experiencing something new every time. I feel like to replay a game like that, uh, let's go back to the Telltale games. If you replay a Telltale game and make different choices, it feels like it's pulling the wall over your eyes and you mm -hmm. see the pitfalls and where the budget stopped. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas with a single player uh, linear game, I go back and I experience something I enjoyed the first time and I pick up on new things anyways because it was a well-crafted experience. Exactly. So if they focus on like how they want to be able to tell their story and the type of experience that they really want to give the players without trying to force that replayability, it's more likely that you're going to end up replaying it and it's not going to feel like a chore because it is a well crafted game that is the one thing if a game feels like a chore to get through 
I probably won't even make it halfway through. <laughs> that's that's a great point. Um, and I feel like that chore feeling is a symptom of trying to make your game last longer. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Monotonous grinding comes to mind when you when you say that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> I think like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topic topics over a little bit towards like the multiplayer side because ever since that was brought up, that interests me a lot, and I had a point. <laughs> um so replayability i think of like even going back sometimes i'll catch myself on youtube watching like grand theft auto 4 stuff like mm -hmm. seeing the easter eggs that i uh that i might have missed like different things that people have found in different locations on the map like stuff like that um mm -hmm. so i think even like even though the company of the game added that in there i definitely think like even the community adds some replayability to games for sure oh, like sure. community oh, finding yeah. things community being really good like you say you you play a game you've never played before and then you find out the community is awesome you want to make friends yes. you go back to that like stuff like that always keeps me like entranced as well speedrunning is one of those communities that i think oh absolutely speedrunning, that's definitely. a great point luigi Mm -hmm. um there are a lot of games that i just didn't really get until i got into their community a little bit exactly yeah and then i was like oh that's why you guys like this and then i fucking, <laughs> i loved it yeah it's like oh what the hell this is cool yeah um I, i'm trying to think of some examples they're usually multiplayer games and i see people enjoying them or doing something in a, a way that i just didn't instinctually do like a different twist like, oh, to the game. It almost makes yeah. the game entirely different the way that they're playing it. And you're like, I want to try that. That's cool. Let me go about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes. Especially like, seeing someone else enjoy it. I yeah. feel like there's oh, like yeah. a, a social part of your brain that's like, hey, another human enjoys this. This must be a worthwhile activity. And then your your lizard brain just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the things for me, um, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty. I played competitively. Like I played in, um, I played like, I don't know what they're called anymore, but it's fine. Um, I played in like tournaments. That was one play style that I played. I saw people playing casually. I saw people nuke rushing to get nukes and kill streaks and get as many kills as possible. The main thing for me that kept me coming back to Call of Duty all those years was the different like different ways people could quick scope, trick shot, different things like that. Okay, that was the corner of a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anybody not in the live stream? Uh, Jake's camera just zoomed in on the corner of the shelf behind him. It's fine. <laughs> but like trick shotting was the biggest thing for me i wouldn't have played cod for like nine years straight if it wasn't for trick shotting like i, I would put the game down i'd be like cool i'm just shooting people not fun but the different things that people found the different glitches in the maps that you could exploit to get different trick shots and different things it was really cool the online community was cool you could create content around it like think of phase clan they used to be like trick shotting montages they have 60 plus now they're a content creation team they've adapted off of that but that's their roots that's like what yeah. they originally did and that's what they try to get back to occasionally like the new modern warfare game they try trick shotting still like that stuff's cool it's nice seeing different ways to go back and replay a game yes absolutely would you guys would you guys agree with the statement uh that if a game is not does it does not have the replay value it's going to severely lack content on multiple different levels i i think that's that is such an opinion based argument i feel like everyone's gonna have a different answer to that question i think it's a great question mm -hmm. um i i personally you know I'm, I'm on a budget a lot of the time so when i pick up a game i mostly try to think about what is going to get me the most time while it's still enjoying it but at the end of the day, given an infinite amount of money, I'd probably take a short, well-crafted experience over a game that is built for that replayability. Mm. Most of the times, I don't even go back to enjoy the replayability. I play through it once, and I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of done. Yeah. But, like, I'll enjoy the story so much. Like, God of War, that's another title that um, I love. God of War, the new God of War for PS4. I, I played through that, that and that game made me cry. It, the story was so good and they added like a like a it's like a new game plus it makes it harder. I I haven't touched it. But it, I enjoyed it for the story. Game. It is. Yes. I think about it like even now I I played it back when it came out. I I'm not a God of War fan, but I heard the hype and I so jumped good. in and I I still think about that game today. <laughs> and that game came out well a year ago. I don't was even it a year know. ago now. 
maybe 2018 2018 i'm thinking 2018 um but that game man i I replayed in my head let's let's i've replayed that game (laughs) in my head it's just it's such a the story around it this like visuals cinematics like the power you feel and the weapons you get as kratos you Mm -hmm. feel so good playing it but then when the game is done there's I don't know, there's nothing keeping me entranced by it. I go back and I reminisce on the story just as you are, but I do think that, there, like, cool. I think there's a valid point in that because there is endgame content, there but is. it doesn't really amount to anything. Uh, it's not really... Uh, they, so they, for those not in the know, they introduce this maze, and the maze is like modular. It has different randomly generated rooms. So the room is always the same, but they're always in a different order, and some of them are harder, easier than others. And they piece them together every time you enter the maze. Uh, And you go in and you get loot, which lets you stay in the maze for longer. But at the end of the day, if there's nothing after the maze, no content, then what's the point of being able to stay in the maze longer? Yeah, I feel like that's a a valid point that's been raised about content meant to draw your playtime out, which we see a lot uh, in games that are replayable. for those not watching, I just used air quotes because they're not replayable. They're boring. Mm. <laughs> well, what do you guys think about that shoehorned in content? Do you think that it's <clears throat> it's like viable financially for a dev to sit there and put in grinding? It depends what you're grinding for because I don't think that yeah. you should be grinding for something that you can't brag about, right? Right. That's a fair point. Trophies, I, achievements. I, I, exactly. Like, I think... Um, Halo 3, for example, I think did it so well. Um, you needed to get certain achievements in that game to unlock certain pieces of armor. And yes. now, as whether you look at a newer game like Halo 5, you just need to grind for points. You, I can literally turn my box on, search games, go AFK, come back, and have all the armor unlocked by, like, next week. It's It just doesn't equate to how nice it is when you said, oh my god, dude, I got that Mongoose Modan achievement. Like, like it's very rare and, like, hard to get. And it unlocks you pieces of armor. Um, that was something that was so well done, I think. And I feel like I think every game can u- utilize something like that. You need bragging rights in games. At the end of the day, I think you need to be able to brag. Well, I do think that comes back to the community mm-hmm. being a an important piece in the replayability. Because would you ever grind if you didn't have that that visual to show off <laughs> to your friends? Exactly. I, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, not not really. There's no point. Yeah, you need a point. Hannah, what do you think about the community being such a source of inspiration for replayability? Like, um, uh, people showing you new ways to play the game, or even the bragging rights that Luigi brought up. Do you think that uh, there are games that you wouldn't have replayed if your community didn't also replay it? Honestly, so I, 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 when I started playing games, a lot of the games that I were playing were just solely like. So, uh, single player. I guess the only games that I really was invested in the community was something like Animal Crossing because you have those friends and that's a game that can keep like bringing you back because it's like a real time life simulator. Yes. Or you have something like Pokemon because you have those bragging rights of having like those like legendary Pokemon, but at some Mm. point it you you've caught them all that's right, that's kind right. Of it. so the like only it. thing you can do is just go back and catch them all again but it feels like such a tedious task it's only just so, a grind for me it's not something that i've ever like really been drawn into replaying games like by the community because a lot of those games that do have that community that pushes you to replay it's never been something that i have really pushed myself into playing those types of games. Like, I've, I've never been, like, a multiplayer FPS kind of person. So yeah. so my opinion on that is very limited, but from what I do know, it's not something that's really drawn me in. Right. I'm not going to be 85 years old on my deathbed <laughs> with, uh, uh, with, like, some kind of machine keeping me alive and opening up my Nintendo DS and looking at my gen 5 living decks as i fade you know Uh, i'm I'm gonna sit there and i'm gonna go to the playground and i'm gonna tell timmy listen 
I fucking caught that Kyogre. And... <laughs> You're going to rub it in his face. And you don't. You don't have one. <laughs> and I'm going to take his lunch money. <laughs> but actually, quick quick point about uh, Pokemon games. I think the way that they do it for their replayability isn't even necessarily replayability within the singular game. It's playing the other games of the same gen because you have like Ruby and Sapphire. Mm. You can only catch certain Pokemon in each or you're going to have to trade <laughs> with friends. Well, newsflash. Right. I don't know if you guys are surprised, but I never had friends. <laughs> uh, so I always had both copies of the game. Same. And so... <laughs> So um, I think everybody. that's a fair point. Um, I, yeah. I think Game Freak has been under a lot of scrutiny, especially lately with the two version system. I think it's rather silly. Uh, I think the idea behind it is to promote that sense of community. Like I can't get this unless I get my buddy to buy a game or I buy two. Completely but weird. at the end of the day, it feels so artificial because they're not putting actual work in. They're creating a list of Pokemon. They're putting some on certain routes and taking them out of the other game. Yeah, they're, I, they're making more product. I think the only way that they've really implemented uh, bringing the community together is Pokemon Go. Strangely enough. Oh, yeah. That no. is a good... Yes. yes. 100%. Oh, my Firmly. God. I revisit yeah. Pokemon Go so much. And, like, the community is really cool. Like, shiny hunting, community day. That stuff's really cool. Oh, yeah. And it brings community together in such a different way. I know this is a completely different type of game that we're even discussing. Yes. Uh, because with replayability, it's literally just open your phone, go outside. Yeah. That's all the replayability yeah. really is. But, well, it's accessible. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's something that you see the community and it makes you want to keep that game on your phone keep trying to like log in those hours walk however long to get those shinies like mm -hmm. that's it's a really interesting way that they put the community like kind of to work together in it i do feel like pokemon go now that we're visiting it it was kind of a perfect storm of intuition i feel like the fact that it brings a well-beloved game into the real world and it requires traveling uh, means at its very core, uh, it's going to have a built-in audience of people going to these places. You're going to meet up with people in real life. You're going to ask your friends to go on a little trip with you. Uh, I've, I've never personally got into Pokemon Go because I'm too much of a hipster to do something everyone else is doing. But um, I, I do think that it was so ingenious to to put it out in the real world. I, I feel like it was untread ground. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think that like, Pokemon Go is is valuable for the way it forays into a new realm and creates that replayability with its community? I definitely think it is. Um, I actually, too, one thing too about Pokemon Go, which is actually really cool, that um, a lot of other games I think should try to integrate this, but I don't, I'm not sure how. Pokemon Go, I'm pretty sure you can transfer your Pokemon from Pokemon Go into like some of the games on Switch, like Sword and Shield. I, yes, I think the the bank, the new bank, Pokemon yeah. Home, mm -hmm. you can transfer into there. Initially, it was through uh, the Let's Go series. Yeah, Pokemon Home. That you could transfer them through because Let's Go was basically the switch version of pokemon go yeah pokemon let's go eevee and let's go pikachu you could trade them into like it was like a little like farm or a daycare whatever you want to call it um you could interact with the pokemon there but i don't think you were actually you might be able to actually take them out and fight with them i might i might be wrong um yeah you can you can transfer those pokemon like back into your phone you can swap them between everything I, there is no fighting in the let's go games but there is it's basically just pure catching pokey mm -hmm. and just keeping I, them for your records it cuts to the meat as well i feel like a lot mm -hmm. of people just play pokemon for that and i yeah. do think that mm -hmm. the pokemon let's go series was them trying to have lightning strike twice because um, they definitely caught lightning in a bottle with pokemon go like there i don't think there will ever be such a phenomenon no quite like it uh, and I do think they were trying to ride that hype a little bit. 
Nothing has but, ever gotten me driving around to my car, wasting my gas for four and a half hours one day during a shiny event day <laughs> so I could get just the perfect Pokemon and then evolve it and then brag about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I haven't done that with any other game that's ever come out, especially a mobile game. Like, that's, that's big. Well, that's but, what I like. Is, uh, I, I don't really play too much Pokemon Go, but I always hear from multiple different people that there's a good sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing to see people talk about. Instead of just saying that they like the game, yeah, they talk about their achievements. But also speaking about the uh, talking about the the Switch, Hannah, what is what is so special about um, actually yesterday with the Switch? Yeah, yesterday was actually the three year anniversary of the Switch. Three, by the way. I don't have mine in reach because I don't want to get up, but I have mine right there. <laughs> oh wait, I have mine right here. What a coincidence! Can I grab mine? I'm gonna grab mine anyways. Look at that, dude. <laughs> I'm a Vanna White. Can we can we bully Luigi? Luigi, where's your switch? Yeah, Luigi, no switch. <laughs> oh, why do you guys have the gray? Come on, I have the red and the blue switch. Both of you guys have the gray. Okay, I hunted for a switch for half a year before I could find one. That's the Same. only one I could find. Oh my god, they, they sold out. I think that's what's great about they were it. gone. They couldn't they, find them anyway. I had the money put aside, and it sold out for like seven months straight before I finally found this thing. And let me tell well, you. I just, <clears throat> Nintendo had runaway hit after runaway hit. We're, we're talking like obviously Pokemon Go wasn't heavily Nintendo, but they do have a third stake in the Pokemon company, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like they didn't expect the Switch to be as popular as it was. It was an incredible idea, but like you looked at the Nintendo Wii U sales, <laughs> and if oh, you were to project what the there. Switch was going to look like, the Switch was going to be. Uh, trash a trashy but no one was gonna buy it because you know no one's gonna understand what it was <laughs> at the end of the day like except being like having the uh detachable remotes on it it's kind of the same thing like tablet with joy cons on the side you can play on here you can play on the tv but I mean, it adds a new element to be fair the wii u walked so that the switch could run <laughs> i love my wii u I will oh always stand by that system. I sold my Wii U so fast for something else. Heresy. I didn't even <laughs> bother. I just, I just kept my Wii. I still have my Wii and I still play it. Fun fact. I sold my Wii U and Breath of the Wild so I could buy my Switch and Breath of the Wild so I could play Breath of the wait, Wild wait, wait. on the Switch. You, you sold Breath of the Wild that someone bought you? That's so weird. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it helped me afford. it helped me afford this so you did a good deed. Look at him. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think there's a valid point when it comes to the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> uh, especially when comparing it to Pokemon Go, that Nintendo has done such an excellent job of being the first to move into new territory, and they got handsomely rewarded for it on so many occasions. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're, I'm going back to the Wii. I'm going back to the Nintendo 64. What other game system was putting out commercial-grade 3D games? Yeah. Mario... 64 was a game changer we all know it i mean you guys have seen the youtube videos hours long about the switch to 3d and how genius the control stick was mario 64 is literally inside my n64 in our bedroom on the other side of this wall right now (laughs) but like it's like nintendo is always on they don't go hard with their hardware but they're always on the next big thing and then by the time everyone else does it it's old like how how do they do that I I honestly think that the way that they do it is because they're not so, like, focused on this rivalry of what's better. Like, is it Xbox versus PlayStation? Like, constantly going head-to-head and trying to one-up another. When whatever they're doing ends up falling flat because Nintendo has always stuck by what they think is best for themselves. Yes. Not the best compared to anything else. And that's just how they succeed. Like mm-hmm. they, the only time that they have ever truly fallen, like, fall, fell, words, they ever <laughs> fell flat <laughs> was like the Wii U. But that's not necessarily to say that the Wii U was bad. It just wasn't. It just wasn't as popular. It, exactly. Um... It didn't. I don't feel like the Wii U was truly where Nintendo wanted it to be. I think there's there's a couple key points that we can look at when we're talking about Nintendo success. And I do think there's another challenge point to uh, their flops because Nintendo probably, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are 
with Nintendo history, but Nintendo's probably had more flops than any other game and company out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo had, um, what was it, the 3D Boy? What, what do you call that thing? The Virtual you know what it was Boy? Called? The Virtual, the virtual boy. boy. The Virtual Boy? Man, the guy who designed that got fired. Do you guys know that? <laughs> I didn't know this. He was huge. Oh my God. He was a big guy in Nintendo. Uh, so the, they had the Virtual Boy, and I hate to say it, because it's one of my favorite consoles of all time, the, the GameCube no, did not sell I know. nearly as well as it showed up. It, it was more powerful than the PS2, but uh, they were going for power over innovation for the first time ever. It had so yes. many classic hits on it, too, that, like, my GameCube is my pride and joy. Like, I go back to Same. it. If you're watching live, guys, if you look on the back of my shelf, my GameCube is on display for people to come in. Mm. Anybody who comes in my stream <laughs> will look at it. I copied him. I wouldn't do I that over an Xbox. Anymore. I wouldn't do that over okay. a PS4. Like, not a PS4, but just PlayStation. I, I, GameCube. GameCube. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to go way back though because we're i still want to talk about how nintendo's history influences their innovation because before nintendo ever forayed into gaming in 1986 they were a toy company a long-standing toy company they, uh, they, made, they made playing cards i saw you pointing yeah i'm like <laughs> they actually started in 18 was it 1889 or 1899 i think that's I, close i have no idea it's in the 1800s it, i believe it's I believe it's 1889 is when they started as a playing card company in Japan. And here they are now mm-hmm. being like, I, I personally consider them the top dog of video games. Like they are my number one. I really think so. I agree with that. I, I want to make the point that the, the reason that they're so good at the innovation, they're always onto the next new thing is because they're not sitting here thinking about how they can do things better. They're looking at what's around and saying, hey, what's fun? What's fun? Exactly. Look at Nintendo Labo. Is that, I was about not, to say. that is literally just fun? It's literally just for fun. <laughs> it, like it kind of no sucks for anyone who's way into gaming. But if you're a kid and you want a toy, like that's a fun toy. Like, They're looking a, at what's fun. It's a new generation of just giving your kid a box and telling them to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Like that's literally all Nintendo Labo is. And <laughs> it's an eighty dollar box. Yeah. <laughs> Insert SpongeBob reference. <laughs> um. But yes, yeah, so you look at the Nintendo Switch, you say, hey, what, what would be fun about playing my, my home console? It's be, I'll bring it somewhere and play with a friend. Oh, what's, what's fun about having a controller? They see kids playing racing games and tilting their controller. Hey, what if that did something? You know, it, it starts with just such simple ideas, so simple. And they put it into such, well, such good execution that it becomes the most innovative new idea and everyone's on it. Think about like... The, I think it's called like the zap gun or something that they had. They had the, the zapper, the zapper, the power glove, just even the Wiimote mm-hmm. and the nunchuck. Nobody yes. else does that. P- P- like PlayStation tried to do it with like the weird stick with the ball. I, oh, yeah, that flops. Nobody yeah. can do it like Nintendo. They were so late. Nintendo it's... was on it, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's not talk about Connect. Um, we're just gonna, <laughs> uh, we're gonna completely skip over that. I remember when that was Project Natal. I remember throwing my Connect in a lake. Oh my god! <laughs> I fished it out after because you know what I did with my Connect. I don't want to hear. So, oh wait, uh, didn't you use it as a microphone for yes, like a year? It, I relegated it to being my PC microphone. I plugged it in by oh, the USB no. and turned it into a microphone for Skype for years. If you guys want to hear oh, everything that's going around you, going on around you, use the Connect because you can hear people a mile away. Yes, the gain is oh, all the way up on that thing. If anyone played Xbox during that period, there was always some some little kid that's playing, screaming on their Connect, <laughs> screaming, oh, eating cereal, <laughs> getting yelled at, the vacuum going, yeah. <laughs> a vacuum, oh, every neighborhood dog shouting. <laughs> um, but you know, shouts I... out to the one year anniversary of the Nintendo Switch from the one year, innovative company. the three year. <laughs> Oh my god. Things been over three. Yeah, things been over three. I am not yeah. able to count that high. Alright guys, episode three, it's gonna be me, Synapse, and uh Nexus was here. And, and I'll be sorry, in episode canceled. one still. He'll <laughs> <laughs> live on in the future in the past. We're gonna have a new take on episode one with just me, and I'm gonna be missing from episode three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I do actually really wanna talk about uh since it is the three year anniversary of the Switch, like what are, what are your guys' favorite games on Switch? That's a toughie. That's really, yeah. The ones that come to mind right away is... You don't the, have one. 
Hawken tournament <laughs> as Jake introduced that to me and I really enjoyed playing that with him. Um, I don't have a Switch, but if I had to Hawken tournament and Smash, obviously. Dude, Smash. Um, Smash is great. Honestly, I think my favorite title would probably have to be Breath of the Wild just because of how like how much I enjoyed the game. I played that thing full on stream and it took me like like close to like a hundred hours, honest to God. So good. It's dude, such you a liked good that story. So well, you sold somebody's, you sold somebody's uh, gift Bro. just for it, dude. Like, <laughs> it's dude. I, well, he sold my Breath of the Wilds to buy Breath of the Wilds. That's how good Breath <laughs> of the Wild is. That's that's it. I wanted it on the Switch. It's fine. He understands. I I played mine on the Wii U because you know I'm such a fanboy. I played half um, of it and then I was just like, I can't. Like I don't know. I just want the Switch. So, I'd say if I did play it on the Switch, that would be my favorite game for the Switch. But damn, I am having so much trouble coming up with my favorite Switch game because there's so many great experiences. Uh, like, frankly, I just had another one. I, I played all, Ultimate Alliance 3. That, that's just an excellent game. The story mm-hmm. kind of, it's not there, but it's it's a well-crafted gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I want to I wanna pass it on to Hannah, and you guys can come back to me for my favorite Switch experience. Honestly, like, well... My favorite Switch experience has yet to, yet to come out. March 20th, Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> You're putting so uh, much faith on this. Of course. I mean, I... I would break playing, my heart if you, you didn't playing, like it. I've been playing Animal Crossing since... I started with Wild World because I never had a GameCube because I, I was always growing up playing N64 and Game Boy Color. Like, the, those were the only things until I got a Wii. So up until I was eight, that was like it. I didn't even know that the GameCube existed until like I was probably in like middle school or high school. Hard. Um, wow. I know. I know it hurts, but <laughs> uh, so with Animal Crossing, I have been playing since Wild World and I played that on the DS. And so it's been like, wh- when did that come out? Like 2006, 2005? Wild World? Oh, man. Yes. I, I want to say it was one of early early titles for the for the ds i want to say yeah. like 2005 that's that's a tough one but yes very old game yeah so I then it. It, it was 2005 it was the end of 2005 so for like it's been like uh, 14 and a half years since that came out <laughs> and so that's how long i have been invested in the animal crossing like like series and community so i there's no possible way like kenny saw me myth saw me crying at six in the morning (laughs) when that animal crossing direct came on (laughs) i literally couldn't hear what was going on because she was sobbing uncontrollably and i'm like can we please watch i I I just picture you waking up her turned over you can only see her back and you just hear (gasps) <laughs> no, I, no, she woke you me up. Bet I woke him up. I woke him Damn. up at five thirty, <laughs> so that we could get like mentally prepared for this, like for this direct. And I was blown away. I watched it. I have since watched it like twelve times. I'm not even joking. Keep in mind, it's like a thirty-minute trailer. Yeah, it's thirty yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. I think I, that I, I went frame by frame. In- <laughs> I think that even if the game is a flop and it's the worst Animal Crossing that ever exists, you're probably still going to love it. Oh, yeah. Don't I watch mean, the reviews. I, I personally don't think anything can be worse than City Folk because I personally didn't like City Folk. It just Ooh, I love that didn't one. work for me. Oh, that's a hot um, like, that That's my like unpopular opinion. City Folk wasn't it for me. It just wasn't a game that drew me in. But that was because it was the one that it was the only one for me that was on a home console but i feel like because and that was because i was almost exclusively playing uh handheld i was almost always on my ds and so it was such a weird experience especially because whenever the hell that came out (laughs) i was still a child who barely even knew how to move my arm like (laughs) so yeah you were luigi (laughs) (laughs) awesome have you guys heard that story from the original Animal Crossing? I'm sorry. You know what? Continue. I'll come back to <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Go, go ahead. Uh, so I remember uh, it was probably a copy pasta. It's probably legendary by now. But I remember this story about the original Animal Crossing where a, a kid got it and played it. You know, we set it aside for a while. And then his mom got way into it and started playing his GameCube. 
And then, like, she passed away. And, like, years later, he went back to the game. And his mailbox was, like, full of mail from her, um, like, talking about, like, wishing him well and stuff like that. It was a legendary story. But that game is so special to so many people. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, what a touching story. Like, like Animal Crossing, I, I was probably going through my darkest times in high school. And Animal Crossing brought me out of that like playing new leaf on the ds like i was constantly playing that between class before school after school like i literally failed classes because of animal crossing (laughs) but it was fine because it helped better my mental health and it, it means that much to so many people like like millions and millions of fans and so for new horizons even if it ends up being a flop the thing is is that you're really not going to be able to tell if it is a flop because it is a real-time life simulator Mm. that (laughs) it's going to take some time you're going to have to invest some time to really determine and it looks like they're putting a lot of content really like front forward and that'll kind of keep you in so to really tell if it's going to be a flop is about a year down the line (laughs) Oh, and let's be honest, they've got a winning formula. They really do. They do. <clears throat> but aside from that, because I went off on a little bit of an Animal Crossing tangent. Uh, <laughs> It'll happen. So my favorite Nintendo Switch game, it, it will end up being Animal Crossing. But currently, I do have to say Breath of the Wild. Like, mm. I got my Switch in a bundle with Breath of the Wild for my birthday. And... like i beat that game and this was like before i even got into streaming this was like me sitting on my couch i was stationary for 10 days (laughs) so so okay luigi (laughs) (laughs) i i had actually beaten it in eight days and on the switch you have to wait 10 days for your playtime to show up so i wait for my playtime to show up and it was about 90 hours oh in my eight god. days. Oh my god. And that was that was all I did. Because it Jeez. like growing up, my first Legend of Zelda game being Ocarina of Time on the N64. And like like I honestly think that Breath of the Wild is my second favorite Legend of Zelda game of all time. It's fair to say. It's like it's great. That mm-hmm. like nothing can beat Majora's Mask for me, personally. <laughs> but Breath of the Wild is my favorite Switch game, and the only thing that could take its crown is going to be Animal Crossing, but that's because of more personal ties to that series. But but that's that's my biggest point. Like Breath of the Wild, it, it was such a different spin on the series. So it really was. It's yeah. it's so different than any of the others, if you think about it. It's I don't know, everybody, like, that was the biggest title. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? Like, this is I'm insane. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they needed it. They did. Oh, they yeah. Honestly. It. it was a crazy push towards, like, because it came out on the Wii U um, first, and then, like, I, I feel like it kind of brought back the Wii U. I don't know if that's probably a hot take, but, like, I feel like that game coming out helped it, but the fact that they put it on the Switch is, like, insane like that helped push the console even further than what it was originally like gonna be like they wanted to give that transition between wii u players and switch players and i think breath of the wild was really the best option for that because it's something that kind of helped lengthen the life of the wii u just a little bit kind of make it go out in a bang and Mm. it's such like such a perfect launch title for the switch like, that is the game that it launched with. And now they're making a second one. They are making mm. a direct oh. sequel, which a lot of people are saying that in Legend of Zelda, they've never done a direct sequel before. But bringing back my favorite game, <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain that Majora's Mask is a direct sequel because even yes. though it takes place in a completely different plane, it is the continuation of the story of Link, that version of Link from Ocarina of Time. Phantom like Hourglass. it wasn't just the same assets. Oh yeah, Phantom Hourglass and Phantom Spirit Hourglass Tracks. was a Spirit Tracks wasn't, but Phantom Hourglass really? was a direct sequel. Did you guys uh, like Spirit Tracks? There you go. I didn't, I didn't play Spirit. It's, I, played I, Phantom I really Hourglass. liked it. It was cool. It was a cool game. I Which stole one? Phantom Hourglass from my little brother. What about <laughs> Twilight Princess? I Spirit that Tracks was... is the train. Mm-hmm. Twilight Princess? 
Twilight yeah, Princess is not totally... a direct sequel. No, no. no. I'm gonna get yelled at by my chat though because I need to finish that. But H <laughs> is winding up. Okay, well we need to talk about my favorite game. Your favorite. So my yeah. my my favorite Switch experience. Just Dance uh, 2019. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you love shaking your ass. <laughs> He's pushing oh, his mic away. He's gonna <laughs> fight me. You done? I am. Okay, <laughs> go on. Um, is so I didn't play Breath of the Wild on Switch. It might take the cake, but uh, I've, I've had many good Switch experiences. You know, I didn't play Shovel Knight till I got it on the Switch, and that Ooh. I love that game. Love Shovel Knight. Uh, I didn't play Celeste until the Switch. I didn't play you know Smash Bros. Ultimate <laughs> until the Switch. But um, it's I really love Fire Emblem, but I gotta say Mario Odyssey is my favorite switch experience so we're we're talking a lot of like nintendo first party games but i mean who's making better games for the switch right now uh mario odyssey was such an amazing callback to all the old games it was definitely nostalgia oriented it, it was trying to recreate the magic of the nintendo 64 oh, yeah. and uh gamecube with mario sunshine in the more open environments but i, I loved the return to that I think the game may have been a little oversaturated with checkpoints or, uh, you know, pats on the back with all the moons. <laughs> but I do think um, that it was probably one of my favorite gaming experiences. I spent a lot of time trying to 100% it. I still haven't done it. Uh, I I do adore Mario Odyssey. And I do think that as it stands, until I finish Fire Emblem, <laughs> that Mario Odyssey <laughs> is my favorite experience for the Switch. No, I definitely agree. It's like, I feel like that's one of the biggest titles I heard about too. Like Mario Odyssey, this Mario Odyssey, that. Like I played. I was it, hyped. I waited, man. I was in line for that game. I was waiting so long. It's so good. Like coming from someone who's played like Mario sixty four and I love, I love Super Mario Sunshine. Like I played. You Odyssey. and I used to play Sunshine when we were babies, man. Literally, we, we were, would just take turns kids. holding the controllers and just throwing it back and forth. And you're in your basement when you lived across the street from me. Oh my god! Don't. I forgot that my GameCube was in the basement. You just <laughs> threw it in the flashbacks. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> You're right, dude. It was I in have my basement too. This bad boy for anybody watching wow. live. There Crazy it is. Crazy flex for those of us who don't have theirs anymore. <laughs> I want to remake Nintendo. Black if Label you're listening. It's in my GameCube right now, but I have like the the guide and everything for it. Man, honestly, like. Mario was one of those games that I I never really got into. Like like it wasn't a style of game or the type of story that I was really invested in, especially when I when I was like first introduced to Legend of Zelda. But Odyssey, even though I haven't played it yet, I I have been so tempted ever since it came out because that's the one Mario <laughs> game that I have truly been tempted to play. Like I I've already played Sunshine. And I made the mistake of playing it on the Dolphin emulator because mm. it makes, like, I, I don't know if the camera is just bad it's or bad. if that's Dolphin. It's bad. It's, bad. it's not oh good. It's, it's an old, it's an old but, game. <laughs> but, but even then, like, it was a really fun game. But going back to replayability, it's not a game I would replay. But Mario Odyssey seems like something that I, I would really want to invest time into. It's one of the only Mario games that's really like wanted to pull me in, and that's that seems pretty pretty huge for like a Mario game. Well, mm -hmm. I'd say you have enough time before Animal Crossing comes out. I'd you say you should be on it. <laughs> but do I have enough funds? <laughs> or I Kenny, you don't have Mario Odyssey. Kenny, do you have it? I don't have it anymore. Oh man, who sells their games anymore? <laughs> me, me, I was broke. Damn. I beat it in like two days and I was like, all right, cool, I want another game. And then I um I don't know what game I traded it out for, but I got like another big title. <laughs> I'm gonna send it over by Carrier Pigeon. My god. I'm gonna train Luigi, put it in his mouth, and run on all fours all the way to Nevada. He'll do Great. it. <laughs> I'll do it apparently. Anyways. <laughs> I think we it's about time we wrap up. We've been going for over an hour now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Been, it's been an hour and two minutes, 30 seconds. Imagine holding a time. conversation for more than five seconds. Couldn't be me. It's not usually me. It's fine. No. <laughs> two water sips have been redeemed. I want water. I think uh, we should go through donations. That's and... big sipping.
whatever happened while we were gone? Um, so it looks like it's just like redeemable stuff, like incentives in my channel. Um, so thank you guys for those. I don't do those during the podcast. We do those after the podcast, um, or not after the podcast, just like whenever my channel's live. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in and watching. I'm glad that all of the hosts are here today. Uh, this is usually the format that we'll be running it with. Um, but it's just, it's been a, it's been a blast. What are you, what are you doing? What are you, he's like kissing towards the camera, Jake. Do you have to call me out? I do. Is that really, I, I get that it's your prerogative as a human being with <laughs> eyes, but can you just let like the chat enjoy it? I looked you, cause I looked you dead in the eyes and you kissed Hannah's touching me. her nose. Make fun of her. Yeah. She always picks her <laughs> nose. We can't help it. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> but thank you thank you guys for watching so much um we will be live next wednesday 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern time if you guys would like to watch it live you can find us on twitter at defaulty few just like that we are also on apple music spotify anchor and google play now so you just need to type in the faulty few podcasts and you will find episode one uploaded there. And we usually upload on Thursdays, the day after the podcast is up. Sometimes Wednesday nights, you guys can check for updates on our Twitter for that stuff though. But thank you guys again so much for watching. We appreciate oh, and you. If you guys are interested in discussing any of this further, please follow our Twitters on the screen and tweet at us. I would love to have a conversation with you guys. Definitely, man. Absolutely. You can find and all if those. You, if you think that Majora's Mask is not the best Legend of Zelda games, Please, I will prove you wrong. My gosh, oh, gonna fight I will fight you for the number one position of Animal Crossing fan. So <laughs> <laughs> true. All right, guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks Bye. for watching. Love you. Give a Bye. happy wave. I want Jake. I want you to wave. There it is. There's the wave. <laughs> Smile and wave, boys. All right. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>